There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. It looks like Blade Runner 2049 outside. So God damn it. I'm bringing my own whimsy, Jeff. Bring your own whimsy 2020. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Anthony, there's been a lot of uh, uh, chatter online. There's been a lot of... Uh, a, a, a online? Lot of, yeah. Online you know, there you has? Know, yeah, some chatter online. There's been a lot of people uh, really making a whole big deal about the fact that we found aliens... On Venus, we we found Jeff. That is a big deal. I, I haven't heard about this, and this seems like it would be a very big deal. We've found extraterrestrial life on Venus. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, that would be huge if that's the if that's the case. And I feel well, as you know, an award winning science podcast it is our duty to take a look at this this big science story, which is undoubtedly a big science story. Uh, if if indeed extraterrestrial life lives. Right here on Venus, uh, our our nearest neighbor uh, wow. in the solar system. You know, I think uh, I think it would be a big deal. So let us dive in to all of this chatter about extraterrestrial life on Venus. Because if you Great. just saw if you just saw the headlines, that's why you turned to the We Have Concerns podcast, right? To get deeper than the headlines, to give you that that hard truth. That's what we're known for. Oh, I just looked this up. No, no, no. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. All right. All right. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. Here's what here's what we found. Well, let's let's actually set the stage first. Sure. Venus, of course, the second planet from the sun in our solar system. A lot of people maybe 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 counterintuitive to some that Venus is actually also the hottest planet in the solar system. It's not Mercury. Mercury is closer to the sun. Oh, it's I mean, it's it's so hot. It's uh, it's instas. It's instas. Uh, it's going oh, crazy. Fire. It's TikTok is blowing up. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you. So a lot of people right would, would would intuit perhaps that Mercury, because it's closer to the sun, is actually hotter than Venus. No, no, no. Venus, the hottest planet. In fact, the surface of Venus uh, is about eight hundred and sixty degrees Fahrenheit. That's real hot. Yeah, Venus is a real pressure cooker. Venus is like Venus is like what? It's it's like mostly it's like mostly carbon dioxide. It's like a hundred times the pressure of Earth at sea level. Like yeah, it's a it's a pressure cooker. Real, it's not, real not hot. a place not a place where we would think that life could be. Uh, maybe there was a, a time. Uh, Carl Sagan has actually theorized famously in the '60s that. Uh, there may have been life on Venus uh, millions of years ago because Venus now is basically where we're headed here on Earth. Uh, Venus used to be covered with lots of water. It used to be uh, much more temperate. And uh, now it is not. Now it is a fiery furnace of death gases. <laughs> and so that's, you know, it's kind of what's happening outside my window every every day here in 2020. But so, yeah, I don't think when scientists are looking for life, they look to Venus. However, uh, a scientist recently decided cho- sort of on a whim to go looking for a very specific gas. It's called phosphine. Phosphine is a gas that exists in three places in our solar system. It's not just unique to Earth. It is here on Earth but not unique to Earth. We find it in Earth on Earth in swamps 
and marshlands, mm-hmm. uh, and also in the intestines of animals. Organisms secrete this stuff. Uh, it smells terrible. It's toxic to us as humans, but it is oftentimes a signature of life. Now, it does exist on Jupiter and on Saturn, but it is forged on those planets in violent storms under extreme conditions. Very, very rare that that kind of situation would create phosphine. And that kind of situation does not exist on Venus. So that cannot be the explanation. But we can observe phosphine based on a particular kind of glow that is observable from Earth. But if we see it from Earth, it means there's a significant amount of phosphine in the atmosphere. Okay. So this astronomer, uh, Jane Greaves, an astronomer at Cardiff University in Wales, she decides- Cardiff, she's, the, the fighting diffs, right? <laughs> that's well, Cardiff is, uh, that's where, that's where the doctor lands. Cardiff is very important ah, yes, in Doctor indeed. Who mythology. So it makes sense that all this would be going down in Cardiff. Yeah. Uh, well, she, she, uh, she actually used a telescope that is based in Hawaii to observe Venus for just a couple of hours, just on a whim, just like, I'm going to check out Venus. I'm kind of curious about phosphine. No one really looks for phosphine on Venus in a couple of hours. She observes the signature for phosphine in the atmosphere on Venus. She goes, that can't be right. She sends her observations to a team in Chile that has another very powerful telescope. They go, yeah, we're seeing that too. So they oh. send it to this scientist, uh, Susa Silva at MIT, uh, this woman at MIT who is a uh, spent her entire career studying phosphine, and wow. she goes, she Life goes the party. Yeah. This one, <laughs> the phosphine lady. You know, they call her uh, um, they call her Doctor Phosphine. Listen, and- <laughs> I'm gonna go to your work party, but you have to promise me. You have yeah. to promise me that uh-huh. I'm not going to get stuck talking to the phosphine lady again. Well, she really likes you. I know, but you always go off and I understand it's a work thing and you've got a network, but just bring me with you. That's all I'm saying. Why can't you just bring me with you? I'm your Uh, partner. You can just introduce me to people around because otherwise I wind up sitting by the chips with the phosphine lady. Well, she has some very new observations about phosphine that she's really excited to tell you about. You were so Mm -hmm. attentive last time. You're really the only one that gives her the time of day. I'm just being polite. No one can talk about phosphine for four hours. She can. I know. She does. She's the phosphine lady. <sighs> She's the phosphine lady. Every <laughs> every party has a phosphine lady. <laughs> every party. Uh, if it, look to your left, look to your right. If you don't see the phosphine lady, you're you're the phosphine lady. <laughs> you're the phosphine lady. <laughs> you ever caught yourself in a party being the phosphine lady to somebody? Oh man, there are times when I have uh, I have caught myself and went, "Am I being boring right now? <laughs> I, am I, I'm the most boring person alive." <laughs> And I am midway through this story. I've got, to, I do. I just have to barrel through, right? <laughs> I just have to finish it. It, it finishes big. I promise. It finishes it big. You're finish not getting, it doesn't finish big. You're not going to, there's nothing exciting to believe about phosphine until I guess this week. Yeah. This week, big day for the phosphine lady. She gets a call hanging out at MIT. All of a sudden international sensation, the phosphine lady. Now um, everybody wants to talk to phosphine lady at the party. Yeah. Ms. Sousa Silva at MIT, she says, yeah, 
that's some phosphine. I can, I, I've spent my whole life being able to tell what is phosphine and what is not. That's some phosphine. I know. <laughs> so, uh, she stops the party. She comes running out into the street and she screams at the heavens. Venus has phosphine. Uh, here's the thing. Okay. Phosphine. There's a number of things that can create phosphine, right? We know that I mentioned mm-hmm. Jupiter and Saturn have all these crazy things. So it doesn't necessarily mean it is life organisms. It is it is a a feature of organisms. Sometimes these these microorganisms can secrete phosphine, and it could mean that there is life in the upper atmosphere of Venus because while it is eight hundred and sixty degrees on the surface of Venus, the upper atmosphere cools significantly and actually gets fairly habitable. But it means that they these if they are microorganisms, they got to be floating around up in the upper part of the atmosphere. And they also have to really not care about sulfuric acid. Like it has to not phase them at all. Well, here's, here's a question. Uh, what about extremophiles? Could these, could extremophiles exactly. be giving this off? Well, yes, that by definition, any organism that would be giving this off on Venus would be an extremophile because even if they're in the upper atmosphere. Yeah, because it doesn't necessarily even refer to the temperature that they're living in. It's the the fact that there are gases that would literally kill everything here on Earth. You know, not everything, but you know, this is an uninhabitable environment. This is doesn't kill the vex, Jeff, but the vex are inorganic. Well, yeah, the vex the vex will kill you. Is what it is. The vex will kill you. The vex exist in multiple points in time. That's the thing. That's that's here's what I know about here's what I know about Venus, Jeff, and it all comes from destiny. (laughs) <laughs> it all comes from destiny too. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a good source of scientific. Th- that's observation. what I know. That's what I know about Venus. Uh, there's a, there's a beautiful old library there, very lush, uh, jungles and the Vex. That's what I know about Venus. <laughs> Does any of that apply? Uh, I'm going to say no. All but, right. So we n- haven't found the library. No, there's no library. There's no Vex uh, as of that yet. That we know of. Please, this is an award-winning science podcast. Please say that we know of. I will not completely rule out the Vex. In fact, <laughs> I think there's some commitment from uh, Ms. Sousa Silva that if we find actual <laughs> microbes, they will be named Vex. I think that is, there's some deal with Bungie for, for that naming rights. Um, they're everywhere, so, that Bungie marketing team. Yeah, they're they're good. So here is what they did. They, they the... Scientists decided to build a computer simulation to test out some theories. They built a sort of working computer computer simulation of Venus and mm-hmm. they sent, you know, digital jolts of lightning through the atmosphere. They sent meteorites crashing through the clouds. They did all of these kinds of scenarios to try to simulate what might cause phosphine on Venus. And they did manage to produce phosphine in these scenarios but in tiny tiny amounts not nearly enough to be observable from earth okay so there is literally uh, no explanation as to how this could have happened and be observable so there are three scenarios that seem to be possible the vex one the vex one is life Just Mm -hmm. like here on Earth, there are organisms that secrete this because the way the upper atmosphere of Venus works, 
any amount of phosphine that would be there would be would dissipate so quickly that we wouldn't even be able to notice it. So there must be something replenishing that phosphine in order in order for us to see it. Okay. So replenishing the phosphine could be a living creature, an alien extraterrestrial bent on our destruction. No, probably just a simple, but very organism. tiny, but very yeah. tiny Built <laughs> yeah, still, on, bent on still our destruction, evil. But very, still evil. And yeah. if there's one thing we've learned in 2020, it's uh, take microorganisms that want you dead seriously. <laughs> For sure. So we cannot, so we cannot rule this out and we yeah. must be on our guard. We must be on our guard. <laughs> if you thought COVID was bad, you haven't seen the phosphine beast. That's you haven't about seen the microvex. <laughs> microvex. Oh, Jesus. Um, how can you protect yourself against microvex? Uh, you can't. It's simple. You can't. You oh. can't. Well, obviously, also, not when they get that hold, not when they get a hold of tiny sniper rifles. It's going to be terrible. What you have to do is you have to wear uh, a, a a tiny four dimensional mask. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the vex the vex are uh, are a networked connected hive mind that uh, exists in time. Yeah. Also, it's super useful to get your light level up. If you're not working on that, you really should be. You should be grinding your light level at all times <laughs> in 2020. Not just listen to me, not just because of the COVID, but because of ever. Listen, California's on fire. There's a lot going on. You're going to yeah. need a high light level right now. My light level is woefully low. I will tell how's you that your, right uh, now. How's your scarf game? <laughs> Dude, have you ever seen me with a scarf ever? Oh no! You gotta have yeah. a real fancy scarf. I need a scarf. You gotta call I it. A I think I picked the wrong class, cape, but it's a scarf. I think I picked the wrong class. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. So we have option one, one. Is life. Option one is all the headlines that we saw this week: uh, extraterrestrial, possible alien life on Venus. Okay. I bet option two and three are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah whenever yeah, i see, see headlines that say possible life discovered i'm like "Ooh, the real discovery is so boring lay it on me jeff lay on me the two more realistic expectations well one of them is actually kind of fascinating and that is uh literally some kind of chemical reaction is happening that we have never seen on earth it is a oh. new a new phenomenon there is something producing phosphine that isn't a living thing, but is some crazy, uh, crazy combination of, of or just a new molecule. It's a brand new molecule that we just don't have on Earth and have never observed. That's See, I like cool. that. That's super yeah. cool. And I feel like that's more. I don't know why I. F I don't know why I feel like that's a more realistic answer than the life thing. I think I'm just probably <sighs> because life is life has been elusive. And the yeah. fact that it'd be right next door at Venus seems real unlikely. You, you know? just call me a little dark side because I am anti-life. I just don't <laughs> think, I don't think it's happening. That's all. I like this idea of a, of a novel component that, or a novel chemical that we've never seen. Yeah, that would be, What's, that would be pretty wild and, and a big scientific uh, moment in and of itself. I think yeah, that would be a for big sure. deal. Okay. Option three, it's not phosphine. Option three I'm is- sorry? It looks like phosphine, mm, but we called the phosphine lady. <laughs> yeah. Phosphine mm. lady got too excited. No, and it's not phosphine. here's the thing is I think if you're the phosphine lady, here's, here's what I think about this third option before you even explain it to me. The phosphine lady has been working her whole life on phosphine. Phosphine's her shit, right? She lives it. She breathes it. 
She can't breathe it. Do not toxic. breathe it. No, she lives and breathes it. That's my understanding. No, that's not <laughs> that's not possible or healthy. Um, <laughs> she here's the thing. If this is phosphine's big moment, if there's a possibility that this is this is the big the big day for phosphine, I think as the phosphine lady, you want to be real sure you don't fuck yeah. it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. the phosphine lady, you don't want to look at it and go, phosphine, phosphine, fuck you, I was right. And then have everybody look later and be like, uh, Gladys, <laughs> um, not phosphine. Yeah. Did you, the, uh, did you, did you double check you, that math? I thought it was. Did you get real phosphine. excited about phosphine? Yeah. You got um, excited, didn't you? I thought because we got the party moment. on Friday. We got the party on Friday, and you were really excited to talk about phosphine. You, for once, everyone was going to be. I was going to be the one turning other people away. You know what see, I'm saying? That's you, what right. Th- but see, now you're the girl who cried phosphine. You know, fool me once, d- shame on me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but fool me twice, fuck phosphine. <laughs> next time, next time it might very well be phosphine, though. So you have I'm to not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to you. La 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 la. You fucked it. <sighs> Fuck you and, and I, fuck phosphine is all I'm saying. I've wasted my life. I've wasted. <laughs> so I just think, I just think that she's not going to get phosphine wrong, but go ahead. Well, it's, it's possible that there is some other phenomenon that we've also never observed that creates the exact same, uh, indicators, right? We're not actually observing phosphine in any real way, we're observing this characteristics, yeah, that has always pointed in the atmosphere. Us. Yes, it's always the way that the way the light reflects on another. It's always indicated phosphine. Are you Maybe getting? There is are you getting some, poetic about phosphine? I love the way to. the light reflects off the phosphine. The if on, on a over on the sunsets on Venus. Yeah, sunsets on Venus. Yeah. If you've are, never, you going, are you going Rutger Hauer on me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've never uh, seen I've seen sea beams glittering on the Tannhauser Gate. <laughs> I've seen phosphine infect my eye from the surface of Venus. You know? That's what I've seen. Um, so there's that possibility. So how do we know for sure? Well, we got to go there. There is no way now to know. you're speaking my language, Jeff Kanata. Let's go to Venus, motherfuckers. We gotta go to Venus. Here's the problem with going to Venus, Anthony. Uh, All the damn said, phosphine. There's a lot of phosphine. So much phosphine. No, it's that thing we started with with that whole uh, that whole pesky 860 degrees Fahrenheit thing. Sure, 860 degrees Fahrenheit. A hundred times the pressure of Earth at sea level. Blah blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. Why are we going to Mars? Mars is just dirt and Matt Damon. Yeah, we got you got you got dirt and Damon. The problem with this whole plan is there. We got we got a library. We got the Vex. You got the we Vex got to phosphine. find. Our light level is getting higher every day. The the same probe that we sent to Mars would melt in hours on Venus. The probe uh, itself would melt. Then quit being lazy with your probes and make a better probe. Got to make a better probe. You make know, a better you wanna, probe. You, you want keep a better phosphine the same detector. You got to make a better probe. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Can I be? Can I be real, Jeff? I think this is a safe space, right? In addition to being an award-winning science podcast, it is a safe space. Yeah, I think I can be honest here. Yeah. So, like Mars rovers, <laughs> are you a little bored with Mars rovers? <laughs> <laughs> 
sending Mars rovers and they just keep sending back like, yeah, it's still Mars. Still Mars. I haven't found anything. No, the you know, rovers you know, are like, the rovers are like, you coming dog? It's still yeah. Mars. <laughs> it's still Mars. There's so you keep demons up here. here. Matt, saying, Matt, still Mars. Matt Damon's waiting for everybody up here. What's next? Are you coming dog? Well, I say you know make a better probe, make a better lander. Let's get to Venus now. Got to get to Venus now. It's so close. It's right there. It's uh, right there. Here's the thing I learned in this story about Mars, though. Did you know that we've detected methane on Mars yep. and we don't know why? We have no idea why. We have no idea how methane is being created on Mars. It's, Mars just, it's a very similar situation where it's Mars cows fart Mars gas Mars is farting. Is that what you're saying? Mars, Mars cows are farting. If Mars would eat more veggie burgers, there wouldn't be as much methane. I don't know. I've, I've gotten a fair amount of methane from veggie burgers myself. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's true. Uh, this is a very, similar situation where we saw methane on Mars a long time ago and we're like, maybe there's animals up there making methane and no, no, there aren't. At least we haven't found them yet. And we keep asking the rovers and the rovers are like, I don't know. Come look for yourself. Yeah. Come up here, bro. You, you keep come sending me here. Look at it. I'll send you pictures back. You want another picture? Here it is. I wanted to it's go Mars. to Venus. <laughs> you sent me here. I asked yeah. to be assigned to Venus. <laughs> So they don't even know. They, they think there may be some weird interaction between uh, the rock and ancient water on Mars that created methane and there's cracks in the ground releasing it. But they have no idea. They're just theorizing. They have no idea what creates the methane. So this could be a situation where phosphine is the new methane, where it's just like, yeah, it's not life, oh, but nah. Venus is the new Mars. Phosphine is the new methane. Yeah. Venus is so hot right now so hot dude it's so hot all the time mars old and busted venus the new hotness you know what i'm saying which one of these three does your gut tell you which one which one do you think is the most realistic and which I, one i'm going with option two you? i i really do think it's just some phenomenon we have not witnessed in our galaxy before it is some new new molecule or some new thing that is creating phosphine and it is not related to life. Um, but I hope it's life. That would be cool, man. It'd be so be cool. cool. Let me tell so you something. What, what do you uh, think would happen? Like the day they, we, you know, send Venus Rover, we build a better Rover. We send Venus Rover. Venus Rover's like, look, tiny living organisms on another planet. What is day two of that? What, does that change anything here on the, earth to does religion have to be rewritten is that what does what does anybody care no religion doesn't even begin to get rewritten until larger intelligent life is found somewhere else right what we what we will need for religion to be to start being rewritten or reconceptualized is we need to go to another planet and find human-like life forms that can talk back to us and, and see like, that they nah dog nah dog yeah. there's there's no no there's no god or see that they have a different religion you know what i mean right. like yeah. uh, or no religion like you're saying like i think that's what it will take i think if we find microbes i think that's another like isn't it amazing the lord created these other planets and put microbes and other things on them for us to find and you know mm. i think it becomes a i think it becomes a manifest destiny thing i think it's like well obviously i think it becomes a religious thing of well now god wants us to push out into the Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it takes other intelligent life, but I do think 
beyond and putting aside the religious implications, I think it's a, I think it would become a huge deal. And then within three days, a large portion of the internet would be negging it. <laughs> I think a yeah. large portion of the internet would be like, so what floating microbes, whatever. And we'd just be like other life. And they'd Man. be like, not really though. Yeah. Just microbes. Would... <laughs> yeah. I guess you, you know, I think people would be cynical, but it would be such a massive notion that there, cause, cause I think what that would indicate is that millions and millions or billions, whatever years ago, the surface of Venus was habitable by a thing or something bad happened. And that thing, you know, whatever it is that survived had to go up into the upper atmosphere and evolve to sort of handle those extreme conditions. But it, I, you know, I think we would probably come to the conclusion that it didn't evolve just in that atmosphere, that the planet had life on it at one time. And the remnants of that are these things that are these, you know, extremophiles that can handle what the planet turned into over millions of years. Or kind of it like could what's have happening been, on Earth. It could have been, it could have been seeded. It could have been, you know, mm, carried from yeah. another, or it could have been chemical reactions within the atmosphere itself. Some of these reactions that we don't understand that created microbes and extremophile microbes, you know, much like yeah. we think the first microbes started here. Um, it could be that life is starting from the atmosphere there. That would be kind of cool, right? And there wasn't- wild. Uh, but, but here's the problem with that theory is we know there's a giant library there. We do know that I've, I've actually <laughs> seen it with my own eyes. First person, you know what I'm saying? The first, first person, person, the first person perspective is how I saw that. And so yeah. that's how I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, man, actually finding microbes would be wild because then I think step two would be, how do we transport these things back to earth to study? You right. know? Right. We want it. Yeah. We want to study them from a distance. We send some sort of like a mobile flying floating lab or something like that. And we would do that, but we get to a point where we'd be like, we want that data. We want that good data that only comes from earth. And then it becomes well, a whole thing of like, you can't bring those microbes back to earth. What are those microbes going to do? And then it turns into <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Then it yeah. gets real sci-fi from there. Uh, get the which I love attacking us. But the, the thing, I mean, we joked about it being the new hotness, but it literally might be the idea that we have spent all of this time, money and energy sending probes one direction in our mm -hmm. solar system, like out toward Mars in that direction. And all of a sudden now we got to spin up. I'm sure there's a bunch of scientists going, oh, man, how do we get a probe to Venus to find out the other direction? So now how many years between today from this this one woman who just on a whim, like pointed the, the uh, Hawaii telescope to like multi-billion dollar Venus probe to find out what's going on with that phosphine. Well, I think, you know, I do think that the, we've always wanted to send probes everywhere. And I think, I think one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons we do Mars, one of the reasons we went in that direction is like, well, what's easiest to get to moon. Okay. What's next easiest for all of the various reasons we know Mars. Right. So that's like, we, you know, we have, we only have the resources, I think, to be kind of single-mindedly focused with this sort of thing. But, um, yeah, maybe we start diverting some stuff over Venus way. That would be really wonderful. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, That's cool. I think this is fascinating. And and yes, the all of the uh, headlines are a little misleading, but it's still, I think, a big science story 
that points to something that could be potentially really interesting and exciting, regardless of how it all turns out. Like it, it does seem no matter what we find, it's going to be something new and interesting that sheds light on how our solar system works that we didn't know. Listen, listen, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Science headlines are always clickbait, but science yeah. headlines are always clickbait because God damn, is it ever hard to get people to click on a science story? <laughs> That's Maybe right. if you would try to read more science stories, human yeah. race, they wouldn't be so clickbaity. It's a chicken yeah. and egg situation. Uh, Don't which, get us by the started way, about a science podcast. How hard it is getting people to click on that. Woo! Oh my God. The hardest, the hardest ever. And it, it's an even more uphill battle to become an award-winning science podcast yet somehow we did it and somehow. yet somehow we did it and let me tell you what a big secret of that is jeff the big secret what? of that is the concerned citizens that support us the patrons over on patreon.com slash we have concerns the real heroes the real heroes imagine our own, our own phosphine ladies if you will they're you know? uh, a bunch of listen i look at them and i see a bunch of phosphine ladies already <laughs> All ready for the big day. Now's the big day, Phosphine ladies. Head to patreon.com slash we have concerns and help support the podcast. Uh, for just a dollar or more a month, you get access to our Discord, which is an absolutely wonderful community. Um, you know, imagine social media without the garbage. Yeah, it's like a party <laughs> where everyone is interesting and no one is boring you know <laughs> or mean we don't get a lot yeah. of meanies over there either i just it's a real chill place to come and hang it is it is probably the last bastion of social media the last thing that i really enjoy on the internet um so a dollar or more a month gets you access to that three dollars or more every month gets you access to the discord and our cold opens, those little discussions that we're having as the episode starts, you get those as a bonus show every week. And we got more too. We got uh, patron hangouts. We oh, got man. so good. Uh, we got bonus episodes with our guests going all the way back to the beginning of the show. Every guest we've ever had on has a bonus episode of the show that you have access to. Uh, and then if you're a precog at the $10 a month or more level, you get all your episodes early and uh, the occasional uh, bonus extra. Uh, for precogs as well. So that's a very exciting thing. And of course, all the money goes to supporting the show and keeping the show running. It's the only way we keep the show running. And uh, so we really appreciate it. Head to patreon.com slash we have concerns. Jeff, I take a lot of medication. (laughs) Okay. Let's be real. Let's be a hundred percent real in the year of our Lord, 2020. I mean, that's fair. I take a lot of meds, Uh, but you know, we, we all take, a lot of medication comparatively to a hundred years ago to 200 years ago, right? Like they, we have access to things now on a daily basis, little things that we take for granted that people didn't have access to. Think about things like, <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's, like, just, that's just because, you know, back then one, one dollop of Quicksilver did the trick. That's all you well, needed. Uh, and, and the you, problem is the Quicksilver mines ran dry years <laughs> and years and years ago. Yeah. Uh, and the good drinking mercury has gone. All that's left <laughs> is the poison mercury, not the mercury that gives you the good ideas. No, I, that's the problem is that, we, you know, we, we have to have so many more medications because uh, you can't just drink mercury anymore. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we do take for granted is acetaminophen, right? Tylenol, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, paracetamol, which is, you know, Panadol. This is, it's all names of the same thing. It's uh, it's a very common over the counter pain relief medication. 
You know, it's even, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's even recognize uh, it's even recommended for some people with, uh, with chronic pain or injuries or specific sort of, uh, maladies to take, uh, to take acetaminophen every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think my dad does that. I think he takes it every single day as, as prescribed every single day. Here's something very interesting though, about all of these medications. Um, we, we know what they do. We know how they do it. We have not we always know why been, they do it. Why? We, What's yeah. their motivation? What's their motivation? What do they want out of this deal? You know what I'm what saying? Is, what does the aspirin get out of this? <laughs> um, well, we know what they do. We know how they do it. But as we learn more about the systems that medications interact with and how those systems interact with other systems in our bodies, we're finding out new and interesting things about some medications that we have been taking for granted for a very long time. I feel like when you say interesting, it really means I should be worried about something, right? Well, Jeff, according to a new study, acetaminophen, your friend and mine. Yeah. Increases risk-taking behaviors. According to a new study, that measures changes in people's behavior when under the influence of the medication. Uh, it seems to make people feel less negative emotion when they consider risky activities. You they turn just, into a Brock when you take Tylenol? That, that's what they say. That's <laughs> what they say. According to this new study from, of course, Ohio State University. Go Buckeyes. The Ohio State University. Thank you very much. Um, um, 25% of the population <laughs> in the United States, Jeff, takes acetaminophen each week. Yeah, I bet. Meaning at and 25% any point percent in time, of people are doing crazy shit all the time. You take a you take a seat of menifin and you just ride a unicycle into oncoming traffic. <laughs> You're like, I no longer have a headache. I can do anything. I am a golden god. So uh acetaminophen's effects so let me just the 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 point of the study is that these reduced risk perceptions and increased risk taking could actually have effects on society as a whole, right? Uh, so there is a, wow. a, a a whole body of research recently. I, I looked into this uh, after this was submitted on the Discord by another Jay Martin. And after reading this, I started looking into this recent body of study about acetaminophen. Its effects on pain reduction apparently also extend to receptivity to hurt feelings or hurting somebody wow. else's feelings or getting your feelings hurt. Uh, it, you can take re- a Tylenol to get over a, a hurt feelings. Wow. Reduced empathy. Yikes. And, and actually blunting your cognitive functions. Oh my. It makes you dumber. Yeah. It makes you a little dumber. Makes you a little less, uh, makes you care a little less about hurting other people's feelings or having your feelings hurt. Uh, makes you a little more prone to, uh, to risky behavior. And this is because, wow of something that we know about acetaminophen, which is it affects the insular cortex. The insular cortex um, doesn't just affect your, it's not just this thing that affects physical pain reception. And that's what I think is interesting about these old medications, right? Um, it doesn't just affect physical pain reception, it affects emotional regulation, which is why wow. you also have reduced pain sensitivity. Oh my God. So we've always known that it affects the insular cortex, but we haven't really thought about the entirety of what that means, right? So something that I find interesting about this is you get medication and when you look at your medication, it always tells you side effects, but those side effects are always physical. Have you noticed that? Sure. Yeah, of course. It, it always tells Measurable, you, right? Yeah. You, you might, it could, could cause headaches, could cause drowsiness, could cause, but it never says 
Hey man, this is going to make you a little more irritable. Hey man, this is this is going to make you a little sad sometimes when you take it. Like we don't say those things because those were not considered important things because we didn't think about them. We thought you take an aspirin, your fucking headache goes away. Yeah. Yeah. You take an acetaminophen, the pain goes away, right? I'm using aspirin and acetaminophen interchangeably and I shouldn't be, but that's, you all get what I understand what I'm saying. Um, so this is what's interesting. I looked into this um, and the acetaminophen thing, like number one, it is not something we super need to worry about because most of us are not taking it all the time and the effects, the emotional effects wear off along with the pain killing effects. So if you take an acetaminophen and in three hours you have a headache again, that means in three hours your cognitive everything is back to normal and it does not have any long lasting effects. So wait, this will happen if, if I haven't taken Tylenol in, you know, months and months, I take two Tylenol cause I have a headache. It, this will happen or it has to be somebody that takes it daily. It will happen no matter what. It's very wow. small. It's larger in some people, but it's very small, but you may find you take a, you take a Tylenol for a headache and you feel a little bit better and maybe like, I don't know, you impulse shop a little more. Yeah. Maybe you, you want to go hang gliding all of a sudden. Maybe you, you drive a little, you drive a little faster you or, or you decide to hang glide. You decide you, you see a video on Vimeo of somebody on a, in one of those flying squirrel suits. Yeah. You now know? that's what you want to do. I don't yeah. know why it's on Vimeo, but those videos are always on They're Vimeo. always on Vimeo. You know why? Because the cinematography is always so fantastic. You really want the colors to pop. You, you know, Vimeo is that, that high quality, that place for high quality video. Not like If the, you're going to die in a wingsuit, you want it to be in that crispy, gorgeous Vimeo yeah. quality. You don't want to die on YouTube. Like some, no, everybody v- dies on YouTube. Like some, like some <laughs> Russian dash cam accident. That's not what you want. <laughs> You paid a lot of money for a wingsuit. Yeah, and you, you paid a you lot of money for, to the to the to the, the premium GoPro. You know, what you I'm rented saying? a you rented a red and a telephoto lens for your friend to have on the beautiful <laughs> cliffs. Yeah, you know, you got that Vimeo subscription, baby. You, you got that Vimeo dog, and you so know you know, maybe is? you take two acetaminophen. <laughs> yeah, and then you decide to upgrade on Vimeo. It's an impulse. Yeah, you just go to Vimeo Pro. <laughs> you take two acetaminophen. You go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in a wingsuit, and I'm gonna make a Vimeo video. By the time you drive out there and you start putting on the wingsuit, the ast- the acetaminophen's worn off, <laughs> and you're just like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Um, but this is the thing. It's it's. It's small in most people. It's almost unnoticeable. And that's one of the that's one of the reasons that this study is so fascinating is we don't think a lot about our mood or our thoughts or our emotions a lot. Some of us do more than others, but there's yeah. not a lot of like, hey, what am I feeling? I mean, you probably recognize this all the time. You've got two toddlers toddling around. You have to stop them and you have to be like, are you sad? Are you crying because you're sad or are you crying because you're hungry? Right. And and we think that goes away when we get older. It does it not. It doesn't. No, it certainly does not. <laughs> if I does number, not. I, I cannot count on my, all, you know, if I could nickel for every time I've gotten into an argument and I realized I just need a fucking sandwich. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever. Like, why is this, why is this bugging me? You know, it's that thing we talk about, the sympathetic reactions, the fact that there's a little more pressure on your chest and so oh, and so on the plane. And yeah. so you cry at more movies on the plane because your body feels the pressure as sadness, right? Right, right. So there are all these little things. Um, and we found, I, I thought about this and I was like, hey, I wonder what other medications are this heavily prescribed, are this normal and have 
just as large or maybe even larger effects on people because this I'm telling you this acetaminophen thing we sure we certainly should look into it and we should find we should make better acetaminophen if that makes sense whatever the next yeah. acetaminophen is that doesn't affect our emotions or our mood because like now we know a little bit more about the brain and we know a little bit more about chemistry and we can like we could probably make something that pinpoints a little better right yeah. Um, like my, uh, menifin, you know, like yeah, that, like, that. like a Bradley Cooper movie about acetaminophen, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like when I was, when I was a teen, they wanted to give every kid Ritalin for ADHD. And that was like, that was like a shotgun blast to your brain. Whereas right. like now you have like an Adderall or a Vivan, which work a little bit more, you know, the precisely, I would love for things to work a little bit even more precisely, but it's fine. We're getting there. I'm just saying we maybe need that for acetaminophen, but some other things, I started reading about this study. So patient five, okay? Um, patient five in this study, guy's in his late 50s, starts taking a, a statin in this study to see if the cholesterol-lowering drugs, the a statin is a cholesterol-lowering drug, yeah. will help his diabetes, right? He starts this study, and all of a sudden, he has, he becomes like explosively angry. All of a sudden he has road rage all the time. Um, okay. at some point he tells his family to, to get away and leave him alone before he puts him in a hospital. Whoa. Like you need to leave me alone or I'm going to get so mad. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to put you in a hospital. Um, he had to stop driving. Yeah. Even as a passenger, like he had to, even as a passenger, he had to like tell his wife to turn around and go home sometimes when she was driving because he would get so angry. And then wow. all of a sudden he was like a few weeks in, he was like, wait a minute. This only started when I started taking this statin. <laughs> this is, if I stop taking this pill, this will go away. And, and it and did. So is he just a weird edge case or is this something that we just haven't really been tracking? Oh no, this is something we have not really been tracking, Jeff. Wow. They told him to stay on the study. They told him this can't happen. This is not an interaction that they know about. They, um, oh, they just said, no, you're wrong. Your you're anger wrong. is wrong. We know Whoa. what this statin does. We've been giving out statins. Statins are crazy, crazy heavily prescribed. Oh, if, you're, yes. if you're a dude and you're over 40, there's, I, I think there's like a one in three chance or a 50% chance you're on a statin. Ask your doctor what statin can do for you. And you'll make you angry is what it'll make do you for pissed you. Pissed off. Yeah. Make you pissed off. Lower that cholesterol. Make you real mad. Low cholesterol is lower. Blood's better. Mad blood. <laughs> mad blood. Angry blood. <laughs> um, so uh, this is what's so really we got wild. A whole, we got a whole generation of, of uh, 50 somethings that are, that are just angry at the world. And there's no evidence of that. There's no, well, uh, there's no voting record we can point to about that. Well, so here's the thing. There is a, there's this, uh, a researcher who was like, man, is there something to this? Uh, and it was because she was chatting with a cholesterol expert and he was like, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like people with lower cholesterol levels are more likely to die violent deaths. And she's like, why? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, don't know. I don't know i just report the news i don't fucking ask and she's like well is it the statin and they're like i don't know <laughs> no probably not and so she looks into it and she starts running these studies and she finds out that like even if you put prime if you put primates on a low cholesterol diet they become more aggressive 
Whoa. As your cholesterol gets lower, you become more aggressive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we have, we have an option of either killing our, each other violently or dying from a heart attack? That's our two options now? Well, so here's the thing. If you're taking a statin, it's because your cholesterol is so high that you are in danger of dying. Yeah. You're in danger of dying. Um, so you should take the statin. But what they're saying is we need a better statin. We, well, not just do we need a better statin, but it's like, it's like grabbing that toddler and being like, are, are you really angry right now? What are you angry about? Are you normally this angry? Oh, I see. We got to learn how to deal with the mood swings that come with the medication is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to put you on this heart medication and I want you to know you're probably going to want to strangle your wife. That's a, that's a rough day at the doctor, you know, but at the same time, a doctor these days will hand you a medication that you're supposed to take without even, you know, without even thinking about it. And once again, I'm saying I'm a big fan of medications. I'm on a lot of medications. Medications are good. You should take your medications, but right now a doctor will hand you a medication and be like, yeah, this is going to fix, this is going to fix your headache. Uh, but it, you know, and in certain rare cases, it'll make you bleed from your eyes and, <laughs> yeah, right. um, and yeah. like give you explosive diarrhea and you'll have <laughs> yeah. to sleep for 20 hours a day. Real, real small chance of that, but that's <laughs> sometimes it happens and yeah. we take the medication, right? And yeah. nine times, you know, nine times out of 10, you don't bleed from your eyes. But if you do, you're okay. Cause it's said on the label, my dude, you might bleed from your eyes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you know what? It's on me. Yeah. The label, uh, the label doesn't say, my and dude, you're going to scream I mean, in traffic. By it this, doesn't I say, mean the yeah. eye blood. Right. The eye blood is yours <laughs> to deal with. It's, it's all over me. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't say my guy, if you take this medication, you're going to scream in traffic. It'll tell you yeah, that you're going to bleed right. from your eyes, but it won't tell you you're going to scream from traffic. Right. Um, and there are a bunch of medications that, that basically do this. Like one of the biggest medications for, um, Parkinson's right now, uh, gives people like major impulse control problems. It turned like, it turned one guy into like a gambling addict. Wow. It turned one guy into, he's just gambling all the time. He had no impulse control. <laughs> Is there any part of this that's, that's, that's just like convenient, uh, you know, um, look, if this was a story of a guy that was like, Hey, I took this medication for Parkinson's and it turned me into a, into a, a serial bank robber. Like, (laughs) like that's, that's kind of like, it's a stretch. Right. But, you That's know, what I'm you, saying. Is it, are we, are we having a scapegoat here? Are we, are we saying, well, it's the crazy medicine. I mean, I'm not trying to doubt this because I do believe that we don't pay enough attention to brain chemistry and mood. And I, I do think that there is so simple sometimes to, you know, we talk about this so often on the show is you are inside this little subjective experience inside your brain and you're looking out and you're like, wow, I decided to make this decision today. And I, you know, I thought, I thought positively and I, all these things that we think we have so much agency over. And it's like, there's fucking chemicals in your brain that are affected by the food you eat and all kinds of reactions that are happening inside your body that 
are more powerful than your positive thinking and more powerful than your your little subjective reality that you're trying to impact, right? It's I do believe that's the case. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, just, I don't know. Well, I I think I think you're right. I think we should we need to believe these things are happening, but we also need to study these things and make sure that they're definitely happening and happening to the extent that people are saying that they're happening. Right. Because um there was a town councilor in in England who did carry out a like a forty five a sixty thousand dollar fraud and said it was because of his Parkinson's medication, saying like it completely wow. changed his personality. He was like, I'd never thought about doing this before in my life. And then I took this medication. I was like, this would be so easy. I could just do this. I'll just do it. Wow, man. Like, but at the same time, like whether this guy is lying or not, whether, uh, whether it really made him do it or whether like he had always thought about it. And this was the, this was the trigger or whether he's entirely lying. Like that's a thing that would be very valuable to know but also once again it's not like he couldn't take that medication he had parkinson's right yeah you don't have an option yeah and i see what you're saying really the the thrust of your argument is that it's not it's not demonizing the medication or or you know not taking the medication for some reason it's literally like we have to incorporate this in a more holistic approach of hey this comes with a lot of other things that we just haven't been talking about thus far. Yes. Yes. These have not been the important noticeable parts of the study, the way FDA, the way the FDA is set up, it is set up. So it's like, does this drug make you sick? Does this drug kill you? What are the side effects of this drug physically? Right. Put them on a list, put the, put the, put the pros and the cons on a list. And then we decide whether it's a safe medication, but there's no like, there's no checkbox for, well, in a lot of people, it seems to make them gambly. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard thing to measure, right? I feel like it's, you either had explosive diarrhea or you didn't, right? There's no there's no gray area there. There's yeah. a lot of brown area. No Usually gray area. tears and not blood from my eyes. <laughs> exactly. Blood from get, my eyes. That's Very big. Noticeable. That's new. <laughs> that's a that's an easy checkbox to tick, you know. But the uh, the like, I felt shitty today, and I kind of wanted to spend my entire life savings on black, you know, on the roulette table. <laughs> like, what? How do you even quantify that? Yeah, other than you know, other than these things that happen in hindsight, where you can say like, oh yeah, he had never gambled before in his life, and then all of a sudden he he just started like playing poker online afterwards and he had never been interested in stuff like, but that's, that's afterwards. I mean, you you can do more of these animal studies on primates, you know, and on, on different animals and see how that affects it. Um, you know, all of this stuff, there's so many monkeys gambling, so many gambling gambling and smoking, just like those old posters. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe that anytime I get onto any of those, uh, card gambling sites, I'm probably playing with at least 90% monkeys. You know what I'm saying? It's 40% monkeys, 40% bots and 20% people with Parkinson's on medication. Oh, and, uh, and then you, but yeah, I, so I think this is interesting. You know, there, there's a bunch of other stuff that, it, uh, the, uh, medications that this talks about, you know, from, from antidepressants to, uh, asthma medication, apparently giving sure. people some, uh, some symptoms of ADHD, kind of them making them go hand in hand. There's a lot of this stuff that's happening. And I think an important thing to remember is, um, you know, we mapped the genome 
literally during our lifetimes. We yeah. didn't know we didn't know that. We're right. mapping the brain now. We yeah. know a decent amount, but we don't know everything. And the more we the more we know and the more we learn, the more we can go back and and keep keep enhancing and replacing these medications and we do have we do have the ability to do it faster now think about how long we were giving people lithium and valium and things like that before we mm. you know before yeah. we started coming up with other antidepressants and other mood lifters and other things right. that were not turning people into zombies but you know we did yeah. we do the best we can with what we have and hopefully we are always doing better <laughs> Um, well, I think and, I guess the most important thing is to disavow ourselves of the notion that a medicine does one thing, right? right. I took a thing to have it do one thing, but you're putting it in your body and it's probably going to have a whole variety of effects on you. And some of them are the thing you want. And some of them perhaps are the things that you might not want. And it's, I think it's important for us to keep that in mind at least. Do you know what I always think about medication as, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those really hardcore, like old school dungeon run games you know the really like the ones where like you you eat a mushroom and it improves your intelligence but it lowers your strength just a little right oh, yeah yeah like a like a hardcore roguelike like a hardcore roguelike yeah exactly yeah. where there's no there's no just red potion blue potion yeah, like yeah. red potion blue potion doesn't exist what exists yeah. is like if you eat this steak you get five points to strength but you get yeah. two but you lose two points of speed or intelligence it's right it's a trade-off yeah 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 and you've got to be constantly min maxing your character like yeah. that's the way i think about it is like i take a medication that um gets rid of that makes me more attentive and more empathetic and less impulsive but it also makes me a little more tired and it makes me you know what yeah. I mean? Like it does yeah, these little yeah, things yeah. to me and you, you have to be aware of them. And as long as you're able to be made aware of them and keep them in mind, um, you can mitigate a lot of those things. You know what I mean? When I hear about these stuff, these things about acetaminophen dulling or dulling pain, but also, uh, dulling empathy, you know, that's something that you can notice if you, uh, this sounds stupid because I'm always flogging this and it seems silly to flog it, but, uh, on, especially on an award-winning science podcast, but like, <laughs> mindfulness meditation where you like sit and you're like oh that's a thought that i just had right. why am i having that thought just right. really understanding observing it observing the thought and realizing yeah. you don't have to act on every thought or every impulse because some of these thoughts and impulses come like you're saying from chemical reactions that you have no control over right um but you can decide whether they're whether they are good or bad for you yeah. um and as long as you're given the information i think it's okay i think most most people with parkinson's would probably tell you that in exchange for the parkinson's medication if they just had to watch for the fact that they might want to gamble and shop more they just watch for that yeah and yeah, not yeah. have the you know not have these symptoms of their parkinson's so yeah this is not this is not an anti-medication thing i want to be very very clear on that i think it's just a fascinating thing about the growth of our knowledge over the last couple decades. That's well, I'll all. tell you what, the next time I have a headache and I take a couple of pills for the headache, I'm going to be really aware. I'm going to be hyper aware of like, okay, how is this going to, how does this change how I feel? And I think that's useful. I think, you know, oftentimes it's just get rid of, get rid of the pain, move on with my life. And I think being more aware and being a little more inward looking and in tune with, your body when you put something into it is, I mean, and I think this even goes for like 
sugar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how, how do I change when I change my diet in any way? Even I think that there's all useful things that we, we could bear being a little more mindful of for sure. For sure. And it's something that I've been trying to do. Speaking of, yay, speaking of mindfulness, Jeff. Yeah. How's your internet usage been this week, buddy? Uh, what do you mean? Pretty good. Why? Pretty good. Well, because we, you know, we started the Memento Mori channel on the Discord, like we <gasps> oh, talked about. Oh, yes. No, Everybody's you're been right. trying to keep their their social media down and try to try to be doing healthy internet usage. How has your internet usage been this week? I, yes, I wasn't, I didn't get, that's what you were asking. Uh, I have actually been trying real hard to leave the phone in a different room, especially when I've been interacting with my kids. Uh, I have seen them gravitate to the phone. The phone controls the music in the house too. And the kids love the music. Yeah. So they, you know, they want to be on the phone. They want to be near the phone. They want to pull the phone out of my pocket. So I've been trying to just like leave it in the other room more often. And I, and I'm trying baby steps, baby steps, but I'm trying. And how's it, how's it, how's it been feeling? It feels good. And we went like, you know, we talked in the pre-show about how I went to Arizona to my in-laws place this week to try to escape some of the smoke in California. And that was a great opportunity to just really detach and feel like, okay, I'm setting the phone aside. I'm not checking Twitter. I'm not checking social media. And man, it do, it felt like a break. It felt like a respite. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, we've had some really good, first of all, I'm super glad. Uh, I'm super glad and I'm proud of you. Thank you. I know, you. I know you, how you are with that social media and I, it means it's, it's good. It's good that you're not doing it as much. Well, um, I'm still, you know, still, I'm still angry tweeting about, the I news know you're articles. still angry tweeting. I see it, but I'm not, you know, it's, it's good that you're taking the baby steps. That's all I'm Thank saying. You. Yeah. You can it. It. Um, I do want to say that there have been a bunch of great people in the discord, um, recommending things like, uh, F Rita said something about, uh, meditation. Like I said, um, we've had some people, Andrew Tomlinson has been talking about how he's, uh, limited his internet usage. Uh, Somebody mentioned turning their phone to black and white has made it less interesting. Yeah. The the decolorizing the the phone makes it uh, less appealing. And, uh, I've, I've seen that. That's an interesting technique. I think that's really fascinating. Um, and then somebody was saying, uh, you know, Apple screen time, a lot of people just check their screen time, but you can have screen time actually turn off your access to specific apps during the day after you use them for a certain amount of time. Uh, and they've been saying, yeah, apparently that's new. So that's something that's really helpful. Um, anyway, if you want to join us in the Memento Mori channel, it's on the discord. Uh, all of our patrons have access to that. That's uh, patreon.com slash. We have concerns once again, uh, you also get access to things like our uh, patron hangouts. We just had one yesterday. You get things like early episodes. You get all kinds of bonuses. Please check it out. It's the only way we uh, support the show. It's patreon.com slash we have concerns. And we're going to keep checking in with Jeff. Yeah, we gotta, you got to keep me honest. I, can, I think I can. You're going to do great. You're going to do great, buddy. Thanks. 